Hi, I'm Ray Keating, and this is Free Enterprise in three minutes. In this 110th episode, a special double-sized episode, we're going to offer a reminder on what makes sense and what does not on the policy front from an economics point of view by looking at key tenets of the Biden economic policy agenda. Quite timely. So let's start with government spending. After spiking in response to the pandemic, federal spending would come down a bit under the Biden budget plan, but not to where it was prior to the pandemic. So consider that federal outlays jumped from 21% of GDP in 2019 to 31.2% in 2020, and it's expected to hit 32.9%, almost 33% in 2021. Now, the Biden spending plan would have this level of outlays decline to 25.6% in 2022, but then remain at roughly 24.5% for the following four years. So when we look at past budgets, the proposed Biden plan would push federal spending on a sustained basis to a level never experienced before in U.S. history. So should anyone care? Absolutely. Government spending matters because it is the total amount of resources diverted from or taken from the private sector, whether via taxes or borrowing, to be spent by government. So draining resources from the private sector and handing them over to government is a net negative for the economy because why? Because of vast differences in incentives and principles guiding resource allocation in the private sector, that is, what would those be? Private ownership, prices, profits, losses, failure resulting in reallocating resources and competition compared to the incentives prevailing in the public sector, whereby politics reign supreme and failure, for example, winds up getting subsidized with bigger budgets um, and more staff. And then there are other key areas where Biden's proposals venture far afield from sound economic policy. That includes a rather lengthy list of proposed tax increases, including raising the top individual income tax rate from 37% to 39.6%, uh, a major jump in the capital gains tax rate from effectively 23.8% to 43.4%, and increasing the corporate income tax rate from 20% to 28%. Now, the Biden administration claims that only big businesses and individuals earning more than $400,000 a year would be affected. Well, no, that's not how tax increases um, actually work. Take the capital gains tax increase, which, by the way, when factoring state taxes and inflation into the mix, the total real Biden capital gains tax rate would reach much higher than the stated 43.4%. As, as for its impact, the capital gains tax... It's a direct levy on the returns on entrepreneurship. And why does that matter? Well, entrepreneurship is central to economic income and employment growth. And make no mistake, starting up, building, and investing in businesses are endeavors that are fraught with risk and uncertainty. Therefore, by reducing potential returns, higher capital gains taxes serve as a clear disincentive for such critical economic activity. So that's bad news for everyone, not just for those making $400,000 or more. Likewise, taxes on upper income earners do not exclusively affect those being particularly targeted. Rather, the increased costs and altered incentives, again, 
have clear negatives in terms of lost economic income and job growth. That is tax the wealthy and the negatives ripple throughout the economy, especially given that the wealthy have the resources needed for investments in new and expanding businesses. Now, as for the proposed corporate tax increase, um, I wrote a response recently to the Biden claim that this was almost completely about taxing big businesses. So here, here are the key findings I, key findings I reported. First, um, the White House is simply ignoring the fact that most C-corporations, and those are the ones that pay the corporate income tax, right? The fact that they're most are small businesses. Um, the Small Business Administration defines uh, small businesses as having uh, fewer than 500 employees. So even if you say small, mid-size, whatever, it turns out that 99.89% of employer corporations have fewer than 500 employees. That's Guess what? 933,000 businesses facing a potential tax increase. Second, what about non-employer corporations? Well, that's another 379,000 of those businesses facing a tax increase. Um, And if we accept the White House's assertion that 2.6% of pass-through small businesses would directly face a tax increase, and a pass-through business pays the personal income tax rather than the corporate income tax, um, those businesses face a, a tax increase via higher personal income tax rate. That's about 790,000 businesses. So based on these numbers, at least 2.1 million small businesses would be facing higher taxes directly under the Biden plan. Um, and by the way, just to put this all in perspective, when considering that there are only 20,000 large businesses, that is those with 500 or more employees in the U.S., The ratio of small to large businesses being directly impacted by the Biden tax increases would be 105 to 1. 105 small businesses facing higher taxes versus one every one large business. So, again, um, that's striking in terms of the impact on small businesses. The reality turns out to be quite different from the political spin, and, of course, none of this reflects the ills caused by a higher capital gains tax. Now, finally, we come back we must come back to the fundamental point that tax increases by shifting resources from the private sector to government um, amount to negatives for the economy. What else is in the mix here? Regulation. And and the Biden agenda is exclusively focused on increasing regulatory burdens and in a wide range of areas as well. I mean, this cuts across, so it includes environmental, energy, labor, uh, and antitrust regulation. Now, while largely hidden from consumers and voters, um, the costs of regulations are quite real and quite substantial. Uh, Indeed, for many businesses, the costs of regulation can match or exceed the costs of taxation. Um, Over the years, you know, improved economics, improved analytical thinking, on, economic, on the economics of government and government action, coupled with a better understanding of economic history, they've all coalesced to provide a more realistic assessment on the costs and effectiveness or lack of effectiveness of government's regulatory undertakings. Not surprisingly, it turns out that the government, um, th- that the government failure, if you will, yeah, a government failure generated by regulations often can turn out to be costlier than the so-called market failure that the regulations are meant to correct. But even though the costs of government 
overregulation or misguided regulation are substantial, political and governmental incentives still favor increasing regulation. And that most certainly has been the case with the Biden administration. So what would currently make sense for policymakers from an economic standpoint? Well, first, reject the Biden agenda of increased taxes, more regulation, expanding government spending, and at best, disinterest in advancing free trade. We'll deal with that in in another episode. So reject all of that. Second, um, implement a pro-entrepreneurship, pro-investment, pro-growth agenda, which turns out to be the exact opposite of the Biden agenda. That is, it would be tax and regulatory relief, reigning in government spending, and leading the way to expand free trade. At least that's the economics of the situation. Hey, thanks for listening. Like and follow us on Facebook at Free Enterprise Economics and on Twitter at Free Enterprise 7. And subscribe to the Free Enterprise in 3 Minutes podcast. Take care and, hey, think more like an economist.